Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, just a word of warning. Oh, you're a mess, aren't you? I'm not very tall either. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Good afternoon, good people of Cambridge, and welcome to Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105. This is your fortnightly foray into the fabulous world of film. My name is Yozzy Osman, and joining me today... Oh, there's lots of people today. <laughs> uh, we've got Emma Marchant. Hi there. We've got Lorcan O'Neill. Hi there. We've got Dave Riley. Hello. And we've got Ashley Capaldi. Hi. Thank you very much for joining me today. So today we've got uh, quite a lot to talk about. We've got a sort of small but sweet collection of films Films including Disney remake The Lion King, the electric or as the case may be not so electric drama The Current War. Uh, we have an interview with Alex Marvant. Did I say that right, Ashley? Mavert, I think. Mavert um, from the Chesterton <laughs> Indoor Bowls Club, who's <laughs> going to talk about an exciting day of film happening this Thursday. Uh, we've got Comic-Con chat, we've got Cats chat and we've got Cruise chat for Top Gun um, and last but not least we're going to be talking about horrible histories rotten romans so we have tons and tons to chat about today but first off let's all venture to pride rock everything you see exists together in a delicate balance while others search for what they can take a true king searches for what he can give. Run away, Simba. And never return. Take your place in the circle of life. Perhaps the biggest of the releases over the last couple of weeks, this is Disney's ultimate classic, The Lion King, originally uh, released in 1994. Uh, it's a new version, it's a remake directed by John Favreau. And I mean, just looking down this cast list, we've got an array of stars, including Chiwetel Ejiofor, John Oliver, Alfred Woodard. Oh, gosh, I can't, I can't even go down the list anymore. There's just too many. Um, but we're about to chat about it today. I think everybody in the room, sorry, not Dave, has seen it. And I think we've got some varied opinions. So um, this is one of Disney's absolute classics, I think, from the 1994 version. Very loved. Was this remake necessary, Ashley? Mm, if you go on the fact that they're remaking everything as a live action and this is the next one they haven't done yet, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really sell it. And to get worse, this is worse than the Aladdin live action remake, which is terrible. Which I fell asleep in. Yeah. Okay, so that's not selling it. Uh, Emma, Lorcan, I'm looking at you both. Do you, Would you agree with this? I, I would. We were talking about this outside. Out of the 
live actions they've done so far. I personally enjoyed Cinderella because I think it put a new spin on it. Right. I enjoyed The Jungle Book, which of course John Favreau um, right. previously did because again it put a different spin on it. It was definitely it was it offered you something else. It was an adaptation. Yeah, but this just it uh, it's one of I don't know, I found it soulless. I found it slightly creepy. I found I think if you're going to do anything I would take your kids or sit your kids down in front of the original animated version. It is crushing the box office obviously. But to take Donald Glover and Beyoncé and have them duet on Can I You Feel the Love Tonight? And make it sound that horrible. I don't know what John Favreau was thinking. And I've been enjoying him so much as Happy Hogan. It's like he's gone back to his day job and I don't know quite what happened. Interesting. Um, quite a lot of talking points there. And sorry, Donald Glover and Beyonce, I love you. I, I forgot to mention you. I still love you both, but this cast. was not your fault. Um, <laughs> interesting there, because I think part of the reason we all love the animated version so much is that it has hearts. The story is moving. It's got a lot of charm. Is that lost in this remake? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I mean, whenever you adapt a story that's perfectly suited to animation and you... Uh, turn into a photorealistic drama you pun intended completely neuter the cinematic element right. and you have to completely retailer the film um, on top of that you've got photorealistic animals that <laughs> traditionally don't emote so you're relying on your memory of the Lion King the animated one for the most part to just remember what they're supposed to be feeling at any one moment yeah that's interesting because I'm taking it the emotions don't really come across in their face in the same way that it's captured, you know, with I'm not going to talk about the key scenes, but in the animated with just the eyes, for example. And one of the many certain animals, especially, you can't get to emote. Like John Oliver plays Zazu, who is just a bird with a flapping beak who delivers no emotion whatsoever. And mm. he's saying all these all these like quippy things. And it just it's it's strange and creepy. And some of the animals were creepier than others. Because Which ones? Uh, I think Zazu and um, Timon were the worst for me. Really? They were the just this, best. They Timon's the just this flamboyant, tiny meerkat. It was terrifying. It was the only thing that was even a tiny bit engaging or funny. But yeah, it was very, very, very obvious slapstick humour. Beyonce was the weirdest for me. Really? She and just did not fit. Well, Nala is not really... I mean, even in the original one, Nala is not a terribly exciting character anyway and doesn't have a vast amount of do to do, so it seemed maybe a little bit of, of a waste of your absolute Queen Bee casting, if you like. To mm. do. I thought maybe they might have written a little bit more for Nala to do. But, um... Yeah, no, I'm 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 with Lorcan. I think that the, the photorealism, it, it is... There's no... What Disney did incredibly well in Aranus, you know, that anath anthropomorphic Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphization. They do so well that people, it, it's just completely, completely lost in this. It looks, do you know what it reminds me of, which we might talk about later? It reminds me of the Creepy Cats trailer for the for the Oh, we film will be talking of, about that later. Of the, of the play. Still it's, having nightmares. It's, it's a, the oddest, and it's not just because I'm an old school, late 80s, early 90s Disney fan when those illustrators were craftsmen. Like, I still liked what they were doing when they changed slightly into Mulan and then the original Lion King was a change again slightly into something a bit more modern. But why go into this kind of artwork? It just, it loses all, like you said, it, it was charming before. And I have one other thing I was just going to say. Very, sorry, I don't really just have one other thing. I probably have many <laughs> have, things. That's fine. But that's why we're here. What I found really odd was they cast James L. Jones, as we know, as Mufasa. And everyone's like, well, why would you do Again. that? You couldn't mess with her with perfection mm. or whatever. First of all, James L. Jones is obviously slightly older, 25 years older. But also, it just then highlights how perfect a lot of the voice casting was in the original animation. And it, so it's really hard for and a lot of these guys are great. John Oliver, I love John Oliver, but compared to Rowan Atkinson combined with the weird animation, he just 
it just doesn't work. I'm going to pause you there because that brings a very good point. And I think we have a clip because we are going to talk a little bit more about the choice of casting and the voice work. So, Ashley, could you play the clip, please? one of those vultures one day. I'm gonna get one. I don't know why it's so important to you. I just feel like it would make me feel better. <gasps> oh no, it's a little lion. That is not a lion. Well then go check it out. What is that it? That is not a lion. It's a furry bird. It looks like a lion. Yeah, that's not a lion. Let me get a closer look. Excuse me. Oh, all right, let me see what we're dealing with here. It's a lion! Run for your life, Wait, Boomer! Wait, 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 It's a little lion! It gets bigger. Can we keep him? Can we please keep him? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I promise. I'll walk him every day. If he makes a little mess, I'll clean it up. You'll I'll be, be his little mess. He's going to eat you and then use my body as a toothpick. But one day, when he's big and strong, he'll be on our side. I've got it. What if he's on our side? Hear me out! Having a ferocious lion around might not be such a bad idea. Well, then can we keep him? Yes, of course we can keep him. Well, My uh, God, who is the brains of this office? I mean, that didn't sound so bad to me. It, it did sound like, I don't know, quite charming and funny, but... A conversation. I had to pause the conversation while that clip, clip was playing because I think Ashley, you like fighting. You said <laughs> Seth Rogen was, who's voicing Pumbaa here, was one of the few people that was actually voice acting. So the two of them, it's it's obviously Seth Rogen's voice. It's not his fault. He's got a distinctive voice. The whole way through the film, those two, Seth Rogen, Pumbaa, Billy Eichner, Timon, were the only two that were voice acting I felt everyone else so when I heard Beyonce's voice I was like that's just Beyonce reading lines out and it was it was so distracting everyone else just seemed to be speaking in their own voice not trying to think how would I feel as a a teenage lion <laughs> oh I think for me uh I think I don't blame James, James Earl Jones for being a bit deflated he's he's an older man now and he probably didn't 25 years older want to do that much he probably didn't want to do that much work on this but I think for me the only one who was trying at all really was uh, Florence Kasumba from the Black Panther movie uh, she was the only one who seemed to really actually try to get into her character and convey and intone properly. Uh, she voiced one of the hyenas. She was the main hyena, Shenzi. Okay. It's like Keegan-Michael Key and uh, Eric Andre were like the two oh, kind of the subordinate hyenas. hyenas. were pretty cool, actually. I, although Lorcan did disagree with me, but I thought Chiwetel Elijah Ford did, I thought he was good as Scar. I think, I was never a massive massive fan necessarily of Smoothie Jeremy Irons in the first one. I think, I think, I think it would be unfair to say he wasn't voice acting. But also... Agreed, actually, yeah. A little bit, Simba and Nala, like I say, it's a little bit like, you know, they're, they're sort of ciphers which the story happens around. I wouldn't really say that Matthew Broderick in the original one was the most exciting piece of animated But is that I've part heard. of the problem that we are comparing all of these voices to the voices that we know so well from the animated film? Well, why remake it if you can't do a better If you job? can't do a better, exactly. Yes, we are comparing them. Just play devil's them. advocate, guys. No, you know, you're right. We are comparing them because that's such a huge part of it. And the casting was so perfect. So why not just cast it well again? Interestingly, I went to go and see this with only one of my children because both the twins, who are now 12, had no interest in it. They were like, but we've seen The Lion King four times, the, the, the cartoon, we love it. They and they were just the like, story. we've seen the trailer, no interest at all. Obviously that's not the case because, as we said, it's crushing the box, box office. So they might I think that's mainly it. people like us who want to see what, what they do with yeah. the remake. They definitely, I totally agree with that. And then they need to be careful with putting in second-rate work with this because you do have people who grew up on the originals and so we've just given you what 15 pounds of our money just to watch you destroy something we loved 
15, 20 years ago. And what's coming up next? On a, it, There's Mulan coming Mulan, up, isn't there? And then The Little um, Mermaid? Are yeah. they the next two? The Little Mermaid's kind of stalled. It's just been cast, I think, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Well, there was um, Hallie. So that I am... Well, actually, Hallie I, I don't Bailey? think... I think that's her name. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they didn't like her because she's got all the wrong kind of colour skin. Can you imagine? I mean, what a horror. Shock horror. horror. But I am excited. They're trying to get Harry Styles for Prince Eric, I think. Uh, I will. Well. Is is Lin Manuel Miranda still writing the extra songs for her as well? He should be um, Sebastian. That would be a good voice casting. Speaking of songs, because (laughs) another thing about The Lion King is we all know the songs from it, the original. I. I, I don't know. Are the songs still featured in this? Is the music done well? Because the music they have the big sweeping background music, don't they? I'm not sure who. I think it's four of. There's four songs from the original. I don't know if. I don't know which ones they cut. If they cut any, Beyonce's written a cut of like two or three or four herself. <laughs> Quote unquote song. <laughs> well, John. her writing team has written three or four songs themselves, and she sang over them. Um, Elton John wrote one of, wrote one for the credits at the end, which sounded like something he drug out from 1982. <laughs> <laughs> never passed muster before, and he was like, "I'll chuck that on," because he's clearly too busy touring. Yeah, oh, I'm seeing Pharrell Williams different. written down here that did some of the production. So people are, and people are still singing. Elton's original music to Tim sorry Elton's original words to Tim's music all the new voice actors but yeah Beyonce's got a few new tracks in there which I can't remember it's not even like the Aladdin film where Naomi Scott got a whole new song that didn't fit whatsoever but at least she had a whole new song so to that's, sing yeah, in a new scene that's what there's, I thought they'd do with Nala or something like that there's one new song from Beyonce and it's just background music during a montage a very very brief montage that was the only new music I can recall. She's a background character. I mean, the enthusiasm why. is just dripping from you all at the moment. It's very clear <laughs> that, you know, this is the one to watch I'm going into the week. bottom drawer of my spare bedroom to get my original Lion King VHS out and I'm going to sit in a Let's corner Let's all just do that. Let's just alone. watch the original. <laughs> it's one of the, yeah, it's one of the most cynical and soulless things I've ever ever seen. Wow. But made him a ton of money. Congrats, yeah, Disney. That's wow. solar sand cynical though, yeah. And that, that fills me with joy and makes me so excited <laughs> for the next 3,000 remakes that they're going to do. Thank you, Disney. Right, we're going we're gonna to close it there. Um, Lion King, I think, is showing at all of the cinemas in Cambridge. View, Light and Picture House. I don't know what rating it is. Is it a PG? PG. PG. Okay. Moving on (laughs) Um, to something quite different. We are going to be talking about the current war, which is about three visionaries competing to literally light up the modern world. If you want to be remembered, it's simple. Shoot a president. But if you prefer to have what I call a legacy, you leave the world a better place than you found it. You are building miracles out of thin air. I'm working on something so new that the world would never be the same. If Mr. Edison succeeds, he will set us back so far we may never recover. Sometimes we have to work outside of the rules to get what's right. That is how you truly win. You got vultures in every venture, but... uh, Did I mention that his system's lethal? His current kills people. He's playing dirty. You can too. You can't see the real force that moves things, and it's not ACDC, it's not currents, it's currency. This is costing us a fortune. Westinghouse stole from me! So what's your trade? Inventor. Fix problems for idiots. 
<laughs> right, so that was the trailer for The Current Mall, which we just all commented sounds a bit like a thriller. Lorcan, you're the only person that has seen this uh, yeah, film. Yeah, tragically. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's about... Uh, Michael Chan is playing George Westinghouse, Nicholas Holt is playing Nikolai Tesla, and Benedict Cumberbatch is playing your main man, Thomas Edison. And it's a, well, you tell us a little bit what it's about. So the whole, uh, it's really just about um, these three uh, kind of inventors, uh, whether or not you want to call them geniuses, uh, combating to change them, basically bring humanity towards the next big step into the 20th century um, and dominate the kind of electric field market. Um, it's one of my favorite films I've seen this year, which is surprising, much like I think everyone else. For some reason, there's been so much bad word of mouth about this film. I haven't really looked into why. So I wasn't expecting very much, but I absolutely loved it. Um, it's really fast-paced. Um, the perspective of the film is very passionate and deeply sympathetic. Um, the great performances from all the actors are well suited to the characters. It's by far the best performance I've seen from Benedict Cumberbatch in a long time maybe ever um, Michael <laughs> Shannon's I mean Michael Shannon's Michael Shanning it up he doesn't shout as much as I want him to but that's fine um, there's plenty of other things where he shouts um, put that on the poster <laughs> the I mean yeah I mean <laughs> you put Michael Shannon on the poster it's, it's gonna get me to go probably um, the visual style is very bombastic which is probably one of my favorite elements of it um, it's very bombastic um, and kind of let Baz Luhrmann in places um, and there's also, the film suffers from a slight case of uh, Pavel Pavlikowski's, um, where just having the subject of your frame be horribly um, out of center does not intrinsically make the shot interesting. But the film is about three geniuses trying to change the world. I don't want to see a dull, boringly flat shot movie. I want to see someone doing some bombastic weird things now and then and it's really fun it's really engaging and I can't say enough good things about it really I'm really surprised because I looked at the reviews for this film I think I looked at the trailer and I just thought this does not look good at all it has been panned by critics all over the place mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm quite pleasantly surprised that you liked I it I can't recommend so like I said much. I haven't looked into like why people disliked it I know the film was delayed for a long 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 yes, time yes I believe the director himself didn't the director himself say when it was originally shown that he was in, he was horrified by the cut that was shown by Weinstein because he rushed it to cobble it all together to show it somewhere then about a week later all the allegations started coming out about Weinstein ah, anyway so then the whole thing they, got yeah. shelved yes because so it was made in 2017 yeah. due for release yeah. yeah I don't know if they recut it during that time I thought it was I thought it was, they did a really great job um, the best part about it for me as well is that there's no there's no villain. None of mm -hmm. the three are all three are played completely sympathetically. And any time any one of the three has to do something immoral, you can tell there's like a deep uh, remorse about their actions. And the the conflict comes from just these three people trying to change the world in their own way. None of which are the bad guy. All of which are completely relatable. Um, and it's just a really interesting, entertaining, engaaging way to tell the story maybe they've all just been Weinsteined then maybe, so they're just getting such I mean, bad press what, what they're saying is that it's very slow in terms of pacing I mean, but you I'm said a, you I'm liked a, I'm the pacing I'm a, I'm a science guy I love I love this stuff I love I think the uh, I can't remember the, the year it was but the Chicago World's Fair the fair that changed America that's like a super interesting area for me as well um, but I thought I thought it was very fast paced the character the character stuff it's a very character driven movie 
but the events go by quite quickly and the film's only like an hour 40 odd minutes like it, go, it went by quite quick for me I heard one review that suggested that perhaps the two roles of the wives which is Tuppence Middleton and Catherine Waterson were, they were sort of fairly thankless would you I don't know is there, are, are um, women well represented in this at all do they really need to be is there there's I mean I, I don't blame them for wanting to keep the focus on Westinghouse Tesla and um, Edison that's that's the meat of the story I think the there's certainly no negative portrayal of women in the film I think uh, George Westinghouse's wife uh, is just is just a really good character and she maybe you could say she falls into like the supportive background wife character but I thought she her character was actually quite nuanced and interesting and there is depth to her um, yeah. great no, no, it was brilliant. Um, I'm just looking. I didn't realise that the director, Alfonso Gomez Rejon, um, directed Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Which, Have you seen that? Funnily enough, I hate Me and Earl and the what? Dying Girl. Did you? What? Oh, Which is so I was strange. just about to say I really enjoyed that film. Well, you might, you might really love The Current War then. Well, maybe. I am um, going to go see this now. This is something I was yeah. going to steer well, well clear Same. of. It looked terrible. It, yeah, <laughs> honestly, I I was not impressed with the trailer at all. Uh, one thing you said as well, because we heard a bit of the music in the trailer, you thought the music was the music fantastic because like the whole th- the whole th- film's about changing the world and obviously the introduction of like electricity, uh, AC versus DC, and the score a lot of the time is just really solid kind of traditional score music, but then every any every so often they introduce like a little bit of like electronic music, and that's oh. just really well used. I don't know, I really I really enjoyed it. I'm I, I'm I'm pretty sold up because like you, I'm a massive Michael Shannon fan anyway, and I'm and interested to see how he can act from behind that huge moustache as well. He I'm does. Like, There's a few people Michael that can do Shannon, it and that's Michael Shannon. Um, yeah, I, would, I mean, I always thought the cast looked brilliant and I think the story is really interesting. So to hear you give it a positive review is great. Tom did you, did you know much about bit. the history behind it before you went to see it? Uh, bits and pieces. I know a fair amount of Thomas Edison. I mean, just because he's a very famous yeah. character from history. Yeah. Uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch does a really great job of bringing that character to life and the writing does a really great job of bringing that character to the screen. Um, Thomas Holland is the only one that kind of stands out. He's got like a kind of over-the-top British accent, which is weird because he is English. Um, but this, the tone of the movie just kind of it just kind of fits. Everything fit quite well, I thought. Brilliant. I think you have convinced us all to maybe go and see this after we thought... I hope so. Well, no, I, I, I definitely want to see it now, so thank you very much, And Lorcan. before that, you can all make fun of me for liking it. <laughs> uh, it's showing, I believe, at the... View- oh, all three again. The View, the Arts Picture House, and the Light Cinema. Again, I'm just looking for its rating for you. I believe it's a 12A. Ooh, it was PG-13, which will mean 12A. Which will huh? mean 12A. Exactly. Thank you. Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105 Radio. You are listening to Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105. We're going to have a slight pause in the studio now and listen to a wonderful interview that our lovely Ashley did um, with Alex Mervert from the Chesterton Indoor Bowls Club. He's got a really cool event uh, run with the Cambridge Film Festival happening on Thursday the 1st of August. So that's this Thursday, um, which sounds really good. So uh, here's the interview. We now have Alex here. Hello. Hi, from Hello. Chesterton Bowls Club. That's Indoor right. Bowls Club. Indoor Sorry. Bowls Club, very important, important well, so distinction. So I didn't know this existed until a, a few months ago, so why don't you tell everyone what it is and where it is? Well, nor did I, actually. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've only been there since January, so it's a, a huge Indoor Bowls Club um, just off the high street in Chesterton, tucked away by the river. Um, and it's always been a bowls club. It's been predominantly the elder generation there mm-hmm. um, 
almost a, a social club. They've got puzzles in there. They've got, other than the bowls, they've got a, a restaurant and they, they get together for bingo and whatnot. But uh, it's a huge space, it's really. massive. I was so surprised. Yes. A, a huge car park. Gem, massive car park. Secret gem in the middle of Cambridge. <laughs> um, <laughs> you kind of walk in and, and there's there's a portrait of the Queen, which is a little bit bizarre. And then you, <laughs> then you turn around the corner and there's this, this huge space. They've got eight rinks, as they call them, where they play. Yeah. Um, wow. And I went in there because... Um, the club was looking to do some other things. They have a short season, really. It's from September to April when they play bowls. And they were looking to do some other things in there, um, particularly over the sort of summer months. Um, and I've been been looking at other things we can do there, including some film screenings. Uh-huh, and oh, that's nice. where we came in. Absolutely, so, yeah. Oh, um, I see the link uh-huh. now. So the Cambridge <laughs> Film Festival, we're also looking to do more because everyone knows that we have movies on the meadows coming up soon in August. Yeah. And we also have Film Festival proper, which is kind of around Halloween time normal. But we're looking to do a programme of stuff all over the city all year round. Yeah. And your venue sounds perfect because... Mm-hmm usually we can't really rely on the fact that you're going to be able to sit outside and watch films and you're totally undercover aren't you we're undercover um there are no Room windows for a huge screen <laughs> yeah it's a huge space it's dark it's dark um yeah it's got everything ticks all the boxes for for some film screenings it so it does so tell it well when is it i can jump in we'll talk together so when is it where is it what are we doing so yeah we're, we're creeping up on the date because it's actually a week today on the first of august yeah and it's a whole day of film screenings um so we've got a a bit for everybody really we've got um a family screening we've got uh, a senior screening and then we've got a, a quiz and a cult film in the evening yeah so it's a full it's a full day's program basically Absolutely. for all ages over the summer holiday and i think they're hoping to do another one at the end of august i hope that's not a secret i tell lots of secrets a lot of the time i don't mean to but so it's um mary poppins kicks us off at 2 p.m that's right that's yes. your family film that's the new one. Oh, what's her name in it the good actress Emily got, Blunt yeah and Lin-Manuel Miranda off of that thing Hamilton like. Faye Hamilton. <laughs> sorry what date is this what? August the 1st okay 1st of August Thursday I'll put it in my diary First Thursday of August. You have to come. Bring all your friends. Um, so these, we say it's the family film. It's the the oldies film. Everyone's welcome to everything. So Mary Poppins returns at two p.m. Yeah, and then Bohemian Rhapsody at five wow. p.m. So if you didn't catch that, you gotta see that. Yeah, I'm gonna see it a second time, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm gonna come and see it the second time. It's Live Aid weather, kids. It's gonna really. I've spoken about the weather five times, considering I told you both you not to us. before we came on air. I'm sorry, but yeah, it feels like Live Aid outside, everyone. Um, and then. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a little 80s music quiz after Bohemian Rhapsody and there might be a little link to Bohemian Rhapsody in one of the rounds small clue because yeah then we go on to our sort of cult indie film of the evening and I put a vote out on Twitter for the film festival about what kind of things people wanted mm-hmm. stop making sense as one of the choices and it won by a calendar mile. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. I've never heard of it. No, I mean, I love the talking heads, but I've, I've never seen this one, no. So, but um, the other cool thing about the Chesterton Indoor Bowls Club Day of Events is that it's under the Cambridge Film Festival's Pay What You Can Afford scheme. Yes. So that's the reason we're looking to do more stuff all over the city as well, to make cinema accessible for everyone. Yeah, it was really important for us that it was um, inclusive. You so I think. Insisted. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you did. Well, I think it's. <laughs> I think because it's, a, it's it's to get people from the community coming in as well. Obviously, anyone's welcome from anywhere in Cambridge or beyond. Yeah. But um, we want to get local people coming in as well. And 
as I said, we're almost a hidden gem. No one knows we're there. Yeah. And I think there are people who live 100 yards away who don't mm. know we're there, who don't bowl, but will come down and watch your film. So that's yeah. that's part of the idea so behind it's it. So the, it's the brilliant double hitter. So if you don't normally go to film events because the cost might be restrictive and you also don't know anything about the bowls club and don't feel welcome there because you don't play, this is, you are very welcome here on this day. Absolutely. Pay what you can afford is literally what it says on the tin you pay what you feel you can afford to attend the film. So when you hit buy tickets, if you go to cambridgefilmfestival.org.uk and just, it'll be on the front page, but just search Chesterton Bowls Club. Um, this page of, for the event will come up and you hit the buy tickets under each of the films listed. You'll be asked whether you can afford up to £9. And I think it's a sliding scale down to 6 then 3 or yep. free. So you just get asked a couple of questions about your lifestyle or something like that. And then we'll just mm -hmm. say, oh, this is what you can afford, we think. Yeah, we don't so, ask you to prove anything about no. your lifestyle. It's just, yeah. what can a you afford? A couple of really quick questions. And it's um, we're hoping to roll it out, I think, for many more events because the Cambridge Film Festival is really trying to bring film to all parts of the community mm. not just those who sort of frequent the picture house which is where a lot of people think the festival only happens and that's not true you look confused Ed no I was just think <laughs> I was just thinking because like a, a friend of mine who's got kids pointed this out to me about mm. showed me the difference in price between holidays mm. in the summer and holidays yeah. like the week after yeah. and I'm sure there's you know if you know anybody out there who's got kids um, exactly. The summer can be so expensive, so and it, you know you this is a great opportunity. Time, like Mary Poppins, like yeah. for for your kids. And yeah. if you couldn't afford to take them to the big multiplex to see any of these films, you should be able to afford to take them here. We hope it yeah. is so expensive to take yeah. your kids to those kind of things now. And also, you know, uh, we've got a really well priced bar. We've got a that's yeah. open all day. Um, the restaurant does sort of very hearty traditional food, yeah, but at, at very good prices. There, yeah. Um, um, We've brought in popcorn, especially for the day. We don't usually Aww, serve popcorn. Very so. nice. Oh, Sounds like a great day out. It's going to be wicked. And yours truly hosting the 80s film quiz. Absolutely. Well, what could you ask for? I'll try not to make it all Cher and Dolly. I won't ask a single question about them. Now, there's a promise, because I have pretty much written the whole thing. I promise you, Alex. Don't worry. Don't worry. Thank you very much for joining us. So that's at My Chesterton pleasure. Indoor Bowls Club. Thursday the 1st of August on Pay What You Can Afford. If you head to cambridgefilmfestival.org.uk you can buy your tickets for Mary Poppins, Returns, Bohemian Rhapsody and or Stop Making Sense. You're welcome to all of them. I believe that was a bit of Talking Heads that was just playing out that wonderful interview that we had with um, Alex from the Chesterton Indoor Bowls Club. Um, I'm quite excited about this. I might take the day off work to go... I've got the day off work. Yeah, I think I might. And I really like the idea of pay what you can afford because I think people here will not, you know, take the mick with it. I think they'll genuinely just pay what they can afford. But yeah. it's quite... Um, and an interesting venue that I didn't know existed. No. And it's right by my house, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. And there's not much else out that way. What else? You've got the pub on the river. That's about it. That's and the river. It. That's the charm. Dave um, just reminded me, though, to remind people that if you're buying tickets on the door, then it'll be cash on the door. But please go and get your tickets now because we need to have a better idea of numbers because okay. they've got the bar and the kitchen and all sorts. Okay, and bring all your friends bring all and your, your friends. family. Um, great selection of films. I think we've all 
maybe seen one of the three on offer. So we've got Mary yeah. Poppins Returns. Did anyone see that? Yes. I saw that. Like it? Did not love it. Oh. But members of my family Great, <laughs> great <laughs> start. Sorry, no, but my husband... Love, I mean, loved it with a capital L O V E D. I did not love it, but that's fine. I'm just, that's just me. I love Bohemian Rhapsody. There we go, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the second one, which is quite popular. And um, I've not seen Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads. Is it a, is it a live concert? It is, yeah, I, I, yeah, I talked a little bit about this with Ash on, on Ashley's stage and screen show. I do remember this from the first time around because you know I'm relatively aged. But yeah, it's Jonathan Demi who then directed The Silence of the Lambs and it is a con- it's a live concert when David Byrne was really pushing the boundaries with kind of art and music if you like and videos and wearing a huge suit and it is just a re- it really is a groundbreaking music documentary for the time it was made. Excellent. And that one's the the last one, isn't it? That's the evening one. Yeah. So if you would like more information about these films um, and the day itself, go to cambridgefilmfestival.org.uk and you can get all the info you need and buy your tickets. Uh, and we'll see you there. So uh, next up, right, we've got Comic-Con, we've got Cats and we've got Cruise. And oh. I mean, this is... Well, from the is, sublime to the ridiculous, <laughs> this is going to be fun. So let's let's start off with uh, Comic Con, uh, particularly. Well, all I paid attention to, to be honest, was the announcement of the next kind of barrage of Marvel, Marvel films that we're going to get, and there are some really interesting ones coming. <laughs> so sorry. Um, so what do what do we think? Because there were quite a few announcements. They had some that members of the cast appearing, didn't they, to say that they were. Part I think barrage is a good way to describe it but, at this yeah, point. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. And they yeah. just superheroes. But I kind of, I must admit, I'm sort of with Lorcan, it's hard. Maybe I'm still just suffering from, you know, the sadness that Endgame created, you know, the emotional barrage for me that was Avengers Endgame. I mean, there's, and there's, it's a, it is a big ending. And now they're going to ask, you know, starting afresh, if you like. Immediately. I believe, I believe I said that Spider-Man, they said that Spider-Man Far From Home is actually the last, the, last of phase the very last three of Phase four, yeah. 3. Is it phase, is, are we looking now at Phase 4? Yeah, Apparently phase that was a bit drab, that film. No, it's not. Okay. Spider-Man Far From Home is brilliant. Don't believe oh, I'm anything sorry, anyone not, says. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but these look a little bit drab. A Brat Widow prequel. It, it, it feels a bit scraping the bottom of the barrel So let's just have a look. Bringing Natalie Portman back for Thor. Mm. We said she didn't even look like she wants like, to be yeah. there, to be honest. Well, the reason she drops out was because of Thor The Dark World, where they promised her an expanded role and everything, and she was just reduced to, you know, poultry heroine in distress. And now this time it's like she could end up being front and centre if Hemsworth's going to step Lady aside. Lady Thor. I'm not a huge Natalie Portman fan, though, I must admit. I'm sorry. Oh, I God, love it. Well, <laughs> let me just run through. So this, this is the list of films that they announced. We've got The Eternals, Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Thor, Love and Thunder, Captain Marvel 2, Blade and Fantastic Four. The only one that really struck me as something that I'm quite excited about. Well, actually, no, I'm quite excited about Thor as well, but is the new Blade with Mahershala Ali, which I think could be really cool. Dave, you don't look so sure. No, no, he's been endorsed by Wesley Snipes because there was almost an immediate kind of backlash to people going, yes. you, you can't take this character you away You can't from replace Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes yeah. And Wesley Snipes has just come on board and just gone, hey, everybody chill. This is going to be awesome. Well, I, I think he's, you know, feeling his age a little bit as well. Oh. <laughs> I was saying this time earlier, though. Like, I, I do, I do love that original Blade film with Wesley Snipes, and I'm not 
as far as I'm aware, the Blade film is going to be part of the official MCU. It's not going to be like a spin-off right. or anything like that. And I'm not especially excited to watch a 12A Blade movie. Is it going to be a 12A? I, if it's part of the MCU, I really Marvel it will so. be. Oh. And of course, the other big news, I suppose, is that they have finally got Angelina Jolie on board, which has been rumoured. For yeah. ages, yeah, for Eternals, Eternals, which I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that. Oh, no, here we I'm go. Not. Dave does. Of course, I know what the Eternals. Uh, so the Eternals are part of the race that founded the whole universe, like magic. So they, they, they. So are they involved with Guardians of the Galaxy? Were they be involved with Guardians they of the Galaxy? They evolved humanity, basically. So they, they, they are the children of the gods, and there are both good children called the Eternals and bad children called something else. It might even be the mutants. Are they meant to be the genetically gorgeous then? The Eternals. Pretty much. And they're called Eternals because they just live forever as well. But they they have all these random kind of... They're they're almost... They remind me of this would be a good way for MCU to get the X-Men into the universe without having to go through the rigmarole of getting the X-Men into the universe because their powers manifest the same way. They get things like super speed, the power of flight, power to influence minds. And it's all kind of... Neil Gaiman did a really good take on it. So if anyone needs some background, go and read his version of the story, which ends with the entire universe being judged by a god. Okay. Um, you know a lot about Marvel, as you've just demonstrated. Uh, you're probably more knowledgeable than the rest of us around the studio. Is there anything here that you're particularly excited about or anything that makes you think, oh, I'm not so sure about that one? One of the things that's starting to get exciting is the fact that Disney Plus is now bringing all the TV shows oh, in the background as well. And there's WandaVision uh, is going to link... Uh, oh, Scarlet Witch Scarlet and Witch, Vision. Are gonna, I'm very happy about and, Vision coming and back. And Bettany's back, yeah, yeah. because God and you've got Bettany. But that's going to tie into the Doctor Strange film, apparently. Okay. And it will be one of the first times the TV shows have come back to influence the films there's always been hints with things like agents of shield uh in endgame you had the first character from a tv show who's never been in a film turn up but it was just the original giles driving a car not that exciting this way it's going to be direct influence so i feel i I feel like i can smell superhero fatigue though if people start having having to watch tv shows on top of the regular it's got a massive fan base though i think they'll they'll stay true true to it i think i'm mostly excited though about guardians of the galaxy 3 i'm so pleased that they brought james gunn back i'm so pleased that all lorcan's giving me a face that you cannot see i was i was was a much bigger fan of james gunn before he, he went to Disney. I think he was a much more interesting filmmaker before he went to Disney. And he's he certainly made two of the more interesting, uh, depthful Marvel movies, but I don't think they're especially grandiose or important or... But in terms of what's coming out, I'm saying, I think I do... Oh, I, sure. Yeah. Out of the lineup, yeah, it's the best of a bad bunch of, in my opinion. Well, well, <laughs> thrilling. Um, we're going to move on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because I know what we're about to talk about. So we have a trailer for this because... It, it it sprung a lot of attention, let's say, when it was released. Was it last week, I think, the trailer? Yeah, last This week. is Cats. Find 
the trailer for this and I just remember thinking what on earth have I just watched I was <laughs> unbelievably creeped out by the entire trailer what I, do we all think I swear to god by the way I'm not kidding to be dramatic I saw some of the mocked up faces one of which is on our screen now and I I swear to god I thought someone was mucking around and just put it on twitter as a joke there is so much that's wrong with this you have you just I was talking about well, the perspective the perspective is all wrong they've made these cats look of tiny as mice on massive furniture they're furry face but yet they still have their their breasts they're kind of human Jason Derulo pokes his head through a cat flap at some point and the whole trailer is just Jennifer Hudson's screeching memory I feel like which is meant to be a very plaintive beautiful song and she's just hollering it at me I'm scared by this trailer it's always been a little bit screechy the, the original because it was um, it's um, Elaine Page Elaine EP was a bit on of a Sunday <laughs> but this is literally what you think it is they've just taken Cats the Stage Show so that's based on the poetry which never really worked anyway it's I'm a theatre school brat and this bored me both times I tried to go and see it. It's literally just very self-aware dancers and theatre people prancing around to something set to a bunch of poetry, which does not make for a good storyline. And it's Tom Hooper directing it, and let's face it, he does not have a particularly great track record no. but I thought the whole, the whole Les Mis wasn't bad though. yeah I quite liked I quite liked the <laughs> speech only because well. it's Les Mis I think he made as much of a mess of it as he could have done he just he got by because it's the music is yeah. Les Mis yeah. I mean I, I haven't seen the stage version I always thought it was a bit weird anyway but I thought that was the point it's meant to feel a bit weird or am I wrong you, you've both seen it it was never meant to be weird. People thought they were that was like the pinnacle. This is the height of their career. If you get into Cats, you are the coolest kid from but dance school. The whole school. thing with them kind of crawling because I know they go into the audience at one point and you can it's like very stroke of them. It's time. So it's true. Yeah. But no. So back, <laughs> even in these days of hashtag Me Too, you yeah, can still stroke some yeah. women in cat suits. <laughs> it, it's very the choreography is very sort of. Early 80s, the, the, the storytelling's very 80s, the but songs I are very 80s. I would point stage. out, of course, the choreography for this is the choreography of the guy who did Hamilton, which is now oh. I have seen Hamilton three times it's and fantastic. the choreography in Hamilton is amazing. So maybe that could be a saving grace. But because the they cast do... of Hamilton wasn't a bunch of cats. Mm. This or is James what... Corden. Or James Corden. <laughs> watching this trailer, or Taylor Swift. Watching this trailer was literally like watching the nightmare of someone who's terrified of cats. <laughs> 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 like they're coming for me. And oh with God. that said, <laughs> I mean, there's, I have so many questions when I think about the trailer. I, 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 but in a way, it's making me want to go and see the film. I, I am definitely going to see this because this looks like a hot mess. Morbid curiosity watches never break the box office, though. It'll be a Christmas treat, everyone. It comes out the it's, end mid December. It's coming out the same day as Star Wars, I believe. Oh, which is bold. I wonder which will sell better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're obviously doing that deliberately for, you it know, the, the get female worse. Oh, wait, oh my could. Lord, no, no. <laughs> and just a quick shout out, uh, another trailer that uh, got a lot of attention for 
maybe different reasons is Top Gun Maverick, which I'm quite excited to go to. Emma? Could not be more excited. Because Perfect. Because this was the very first 15 I ever saw at the cinema for a friend's 14th birthday. Scandalous. Five of us. Not this, obviously, the original Top Gun. And I just think the original, it is imprinted on every part of my DNA. I know the whole thing off by heart. Okay, Never yeah. seen it, Em. Never seen it. <laughs> well, <laughs> but this, I think the trailer does a brilliant job of setting it up. It looks like it could almost be a remake. Obviously, it's Goose's son who's in it, mm-hmm. and Maverick, who's just been a Maverick of his last 30 years, and then with added grizzled Ed Harris in the corner, oh. in the shade. It just, in terms of what, a, in terms, I think, of, of a trailer doing its job, it does a brilliant job. It has set it up. I did not breathe for the entire two minutes that trailer was on. Mm. Well, wow. So, great. A right mix of things coming up. Uh, we're going to no move else, on. Then? <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, sorry, I'm just thinking. We, we're going to run out of time. There's so Party much to say. Um, but we need to move on to, to horrible stuff and talk about Emma and I. Horrible histories, Rotten Romans. Welcome to Britain, and you are welcome to it. Celtic Queen called Boudicca's gone loco. I want to take on the Romans. You're not having a sword. Dad, please. I said no. They just go around taking whatever they want, marching all over everything. Guys, hold on. Ooh. Now, who says I'm not ready to be a warrior? You can't keep a prisoner. It's hard work. You have to feed it. That is disgusting. You have to exercise it. Who's going to clean up after it? I am here, you know. My troops are smashed. We're to get the pieces. Who are these guys? Those are trees. I knew that. As thousands head to join Boudicca's rebellion, it is nose to tail out there. Get out there. Give it CX percent. Wow. Loving the camouflage, Cedric. That's just a bush. Let's bounce. You seriously think the Romans could be bested by a girl? Bested. So that was Horrible Histories, Rotten Romans, directed by Dominic Brigstock. Uh, if you don't know much about Horrible Histories, um, it is, why not? It's fantastic. Uh, Terry Deary's books came out years and years ago, I think. Then it developed into a super popular TV series. Um, it also has a stage show that tours every year, I think. And it has a film now, which is Horrible Histories, the movie, Rotten Romans, all about Roman teenager forced to join the Roman army because uh, he gets on the wrong side of Emperor Nero. I think Boudicca features. There's all sorts going on. Um, Emma. Yes. Me and you are massive fans. <coughs> massive. Sorry, you and I are massive fans of uh, the horrible histories yeah. world. I am obsessed with the TV show. Still watch it. Don't care that I am an I older lady and it's for kids. Don't care. Love it. Uh, is this still the same sort of horrible fun we get from the TV series. It is and it isn't. I mean, I'm also, yeah, as a family, we've watched so many horrible histories over the last kind of six years because they're all available via BBC iPlayer and that kind of thing, and it's great. But the original Horrible Histories cast, who's your Simon Farnaby, and um, those... I, Lauren, I, I should know their names really more. But anyway, they've now moved on. They made Bill, which was the Shakespeare film. Which was and great. And they've now just done Ghosts on BBC iPlayer, which was also great. And they did Yonderland, which was on Sky. So they've yeah. moved on. So you don't have any of the original cast in this. You don't even really have any of the rebooted cast. None of the TV cast. They've kind of upgraded it to, well, Kate Nash plays Boudicca. She's actually really good. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I really enjoy Kate Nash. I'm really Nash. glad she's in it because I was thinking, what happened to Kate Nash? Well, she made that she's documentary. She's in Glow, but she also recently made that documentary about how horribly she was treated. You know, mm. she was kind of chewed up and spat out by the music mm. industry. Okay. Um, 
but it sticks to this and, and like a Nick Frost, Rupert Graves, Lee Mack. So it kind of upgrades it to these relatively well-known British comedic names at the expense of getting rid of all of their TV cast. And I think that was a mistake. And also because I'm pretty sure the original cast also wrote quite a lot of the TV series. So I, I don't think they've written any... I don't think they've had anything to do with this. Well, a couple of the songs were pre- previously been on the TV show anyway. Right. They've just okay. been rebooted. It, it's kind of what it does. It, it, it says what it... It does what it says on the tin. If you are used to a horrible, if you're used to a horrible history show, then you and your kids are going to enjoy this. I did laugh out loud at least eight or ten times. I'm going to say because a lot of the comments have been that it just feels like an extended TV show. It doesn't really feel like a film. Is that necessarily a problem? I, not a huge one. Although actually, one of my children did point that out. He did say that he was, you know, despite the shout outs to Life of Brian, he felt a little disappointed in the lack of big screen kind of momentum for it. And mm-hmm. it's true, it does. But it is only ninety. It's about 92 minutes long or something mm-hmm. so it cracks along at a pace it doesn't you know it doesn't outstay its welcome um i think that the two the the, the guys with the atty and all who you can kind of your, your teenage heroes aren't the most charismatic pair ever but um craig roberts who plays nero is quite fun and i am always in town with some rupert graves i'm not gonna lie and he doesn't he does a really good job of paulina who just talks about himself in the third person all the time it is if you know horrible histories, you, you know, and, and it's the summer holidays, I would say I'd go and see this a thousand times more than The Lion King. Okay, Ooh. that's interesting. Do you reckon they're going to start making tons more of these now, by the way? We're going to go through history. I hope a so. A new one every year, like um, Star Wars. Well, what I really like about horrible histories is that it is actually, you know, you learn stuff while you're watching it. And I hope, I mean, I actually haven't seen it, but I hope that they keep that here you know it is rather than just being all about the kind of horrible stuff and the fart jokes and the hip-hop musical numbers no i think you learn a lot about i mean it's, it is basically the, the the you know it's Boudicca's revolution and yeah you do learn a lot about that and um and it's no it's very well done it has that very british sensibility although i think it's filmed i think a lot of it's filmed in bulgaria but it looks Ooh. the countryside <laughs> looks beautiful that mm-hmm. I, and it yeah i think like i say it's there, there are many worse things you could take your kids to this and summer well, than Horrible Were histories. you and I talking about this on Thursday? And the reason... So I don't know Horrible Histories very well, but the little bits I have seen, it's one of the only kids entertainment that doesn't talk down to them at all in terms of humour and the fact that you thread history throughout it like they get it you yeah. can also teach them stuff and have something that's very well written and it well works for adults them. too yeah it, it, I think that's part of the reason it became so popular when the TV show was out it was that it was really good for both kids and adults anyone can enjoy an episode of Horrible yeah. Histories so this is like because Lion King will be way too boring for anyone under the age of well, anyone over the age, anyone cognizant. Anyone, <laughs> anyone. So this is this is the the thing that you can take because no one's going to want to go and things like Mary Poppins. They wouldn't have wanted to go see really past the age of seven or eight, maybe. I don't know. Looking at you, Mum in the room. What the new <laughs> Mary Poppins? Yeah, would they? Would that was that too boring for slightly mm. older kids? No, no. But yours like not. they're your kids, so they like song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> they are my kids. They do have a touch of jazz hands about them, actually. This is true. <laughs> um, so I think, Emma, this is your favourite of the of what we have talked about today, Horrible Histories? Well, no, obviously that's a Top Gun Maverick trailer. No, I'm joking. Um, yes, in terms of the films I've seen this week, over, over and above The Lion King, yes, for summer holiday films, I think it does a really good job. Okay, excellent. Nor it has can... a good heart and it's not cynical and it's not soulless. Like the Lion King, like I think you're Lion trying King. to get at. Exactly. <laughs> Lorcan, I think I know what your favourite is, but go on. 
Yeah, mine's current war. I will just ask. Um, Horrible histories. The trailer put me off because there were there did seem to be like a lot of fart jokes and like hippity hip hop. That's like feels like it'd be in a kid's film in the late late nineties. Even when it was too late, then it, does it does the film save itself from that <laughs> stuff too much? I, I think so. There, I mean, there are there are some there are some yeah terrible. There is some toilet humor in it, but it does save save it. No, it does save itself from that. I think it does. It didn't. There's a lot in a, there's a lot that goes on in the film that you don't see in a trailer. The trailer focuses a lot on. It. I think it, there's that scene with Sandy back to oh yeah when well, no, it yeah. Yes, just don't expect to see the original Horrible Histories cast, and if you're prepared, do you have you made your piece with I that? Am I prepared though? Well, watch Bill, and then go and see Horrible Histories. So you get your hit there, and then go and see Horrible Histories. Okay, excellent. Uh, we've got a teeny, teeny little bit of time left. Is there anything else that anyone wants to shout out about before we go? I'm definitely going to go and see the current war. By the way, but again. Definitely please go and order your tickets now for the thing at Cheston Bowls Club on Thursday the 1st of August. So it's all over Facebook if you follow Cambridge Film Festival or just go to the Cambridge Film Festival website. You might end up paying £0 or maybe up to £9, which is still cheaper than a normal cinema ticket. The bar's really cheap. I mean, that, I'm sold. The bar is cheap. I'm sold. Anybody else got anything? We didn't have time to cover it, um, but there's a new film out on uh, Netflix called Secret Obsession. Don't see that um, either, please. That is, yeah, it's like an erotic thriller that's not sexy, tense, <laughs> scary. Was it meant uh, to violent, be erotic? engaging. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was Who's meant to be. Who's in it? Anyone famous? Um, Derek, um, Dennis Haysburg's the most famous Dennis, person in it. Mike, Vogel, Mike Vogel's been around for a while he's, 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 like, from he's in Grounded for Life if anyone remembers that old Dennis Haysbird who was the president in 24 I was going to say we also didn't have time to review it but with the ashes starting oh. on Thursday if you want to watch a um, documentary about cricket psychology and also the history of the English team for the last 10 years check out The Edge on Amazon Prime Will do. Thank <laughs> you very much. Don't. Right, we, we've got to wrap things up. Thank you very much, team. It's been a really fun show. Uh, thank you for listening. We are repeated tomorrow at two o'clock. Uh, that's Sunday. Apologies. We also have our cool um, podcast. That'll be out in a um, couple of yes, days. Yes, there's also the podcast. And you can go on the website, and uh, the Cambridge 105 website, and go and listen to all our other podcasts if you like as well. Right, so that is it from us. We're going to close off with, is it Love Cats by The Cure? Yeah. Yeah, something a bit better than the Cats trailer. Uh, so thank you very much. We'll be back on in two weeks' time. And goodbye from us. Bye. Bye. Bite and scratch and scream all night Let's go and throw all the songs we know